Hello and welcome to Craft City, the place where people come for all news, Magic the Gathering Arena. This is the Arena Craft Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Arjuna. I'm joined today not only by a regular co-host, the Blue Mage himself, Kovac Go Blue. How are you doing today, CGB? Wonderful. Excited to be here. The Blue Mage has the Blue Mountain Dew, so what more could you ask for? We are in season and in color. And uh, I want to give a very warm Arena Craft welcome to our guest today, Torben. Torben, I'm going to say a little bit about you before I let you speak here. We were fortunate enough to link up with Torben after this recent organized play announcement. So Torben's actually joining us from DreamHack, and uh, they've got a bunch of stuff that they're cooking up for this year and next, as far as organized players concerned with Magic. I mean, they're always doing all kinds of cool stuff. We're going to focus on Magic today. So Torben is actually the tabletop and influencer, like product manager for DreamHack, also just handles like festivals and a bunch of different events. So Torben's basically the man. Welcome to the show. How are you today, my friend? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, super cool to be here, and uh, I'm looking forward to chatting with everyone and and really just getting to know everyone in the community. Well, we're stoked and honored to have you here for sure today. Dreamhack and magic. I know that just before 2020 sank in, there was a Dreamhack festival in, I believe, Anaheim that had Magic Arena. Yep. But I've got to tell you, the most blindsiding thing to me about the organized play announcement, the thing that just hit me square in the head was when it said that DreamHack was running the tabletop competitive magic uh, regional. Oh, yeah, regional championship. Also coordinating for the local game store events. I didn't see that one coming. There are a lot of other companies who have run a lot of events around the U.S., but I didn't see that one coming. And then on top of that, you click on the information that was in the announcement that day on the website, the DreamHack page, I clicked on the ones from all over the world. The DreamHack page is like ready to go. There was a ton of information, dates, events already announced. Pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, man. So uh, it's funny when we uh, originally got this back in, I want to say, middle of last year, it was, it was a shock for us because we didn't actually expect to be part of this bidding process. And then when we looked at this, we actually really thought about, okay, there's a couple different parts here that we need to identify and, and work through. And one of them is the WPN store network and then the player base. And then from there, we looked at how is the actual showdown going to happen or how would we actually put on a qualifier and what would that look like? And we, we literally worked from the bottom up and really developed that system from the community all the way up uh, to the, the professional tour that we're going to be a part of. So it was, and that's what we pitched. We're like, hey, listen, we're not your normal organizer. We're a gaming festival. So the things that we're going to bring to the table are going to be so different than the community's used to that it's going to be a shock to the system. I want this because I see so much potential and so many things that we can help develop and start off and really work within and develop with the community. It's like, let's go. Like, what, what do we need to do? Let's go. I mean, that's awesome because, you know, there's really a template, I think, that's been set out for kind of like your average Magic GP where, you know, people show up, there's a tournament, there's booths. Maybe if you're really lucky, you'll have like some kind of special event or some particular VIP in attendance. The path is well worn. 
I mean, I think a lot of people would be satisfied to just return to that because it was taken away so rudely. I'm really stoked to hear that all kinds of new ideas coming to the table as well. I'm sure there are some of those that you can't share on the show. Definitely excited to get into whatever it is that you can share and get people going about that. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot that we can share, right? Because a lot of it's on the website, as you said. So one of the things that we did is we looked at our website and was like, how can we make this dope? It's super clean. It's easy to understand. I had a working document that was no joke, like 35 pages long. My web dev was like, what the shit is wrong with you? Because of all this (laughs) stuff, I'm like, okay, we need to tweak this here. We need to do this. We need to focus here. Like, I want these types of things happening. And we walked through meticulously, how can we make this the best experience possible? That was just the website. So if we're doing that for the website, just imagine what we're going to do for the festival. I want to step like kind of back a little bit because I'm sure that there's some people listening who one are wondering when we're going to talk about new Capenna cards. We're going to record some <laughs> yeah. stuff on that soon. In our June, we've got another episode that'll be coming it's, with the new Capenna review. So that isn't the main focus today. It's more about the uh, return to paper magic and to talk about what DreamHack has cooking. I think that there are going to be some people wondering, quite honestly, what DreamHack is. Something that I've learned is that magic players live in a magic player bubble. This game has the ability to become, you become the person in the bubble and it's the only game that you play. I know I've lived a lot of my life in that bubble. I'm aware of DreamHack because I went to some events in the past and I've been very into Counter-Strike since like 1.3. It was the only other game I ever fell for nearly as hard as Magic. But I think most people might hear DreamHack and wonder, you know, why not the names that they're familiar with? That's something great to bring up. So DreamHack is a gaming lifestyle event. So basically, if you think about the PAXs of the world, South by Southwest, the conventions that you normally go to that are gaming, that's what we are, right? But we're global. So the way that we function is we started out as a LAN back in 25 years ago in Sweden. And from there, we've grown into what we are today. So we have uh, a lot of competitive esports that are done at the show, which is part of the reason why we're so excited for this, because this is one of our specialties. Doing competitive stuff is our specialty and also production and and coverage and things like this This is all stuff within our wheelhouse that we've been doing for 20 plus years. So from that, we also looked at it as how do we help develop the community and really have that synergize with what we're already doing. So we already have a lot of those grassroots things that we already do. We still have the BYOC. We have Artist Alley. We have, you know, our CSGOs. We have FGC. We have everything in between. We also have an expo. And we have a bunch of stuff that we do for with creators. And now we're adding on magic. So this is just a logical step for us to where we're going to bring that into that gaming lifestyle festival and celebrate everything that is being a gamer. So if you're into tabletop, cool, we have that. You're into CSGO, cool, we have that. You're into FGC, cool, we have that. It's basically a little bit of something for everyone. And it's always one of our models to always be doing something at the festival because we never turn off. Once we hit the live button on Friday, we're online 24-7 until Sunday night. And that's just how that works. So there's always stuff going on. There's always stuff that we're doing. And a lot of the struggle that we've had in North America is that people don't know who we are. But that's changing with things like Magic coming into play now, with other stuff that we have in the works, with GG for All, and, and some of the stuff that we're doing in the initiatives we have here in North America. I do really feel that people are going to start paying attention to what we're doing because we're actually making strides. You said from like when it starts Friday, you're live until Sunday. I know very much that uh, you guys have a thriving channel and that that Twitch channel does plenty of work. But I think that 
Paper Magic players are really curious about this. They've announced coverage for the Pro Tour. I don't know if you can answer this yet, but will there be coverage on Twitch of Paper Magic uh, from DreamHack? We are in discussions with that and figuring that out right now. We're looking at how, who, what, where, when. I will tell you that the simple answer is yes, there will be. It's just a matter of how we're doing it. I'm the influencer guy. So my job is content a lot of the time. So I look at that. And one of the things we pitch to as part of our pitch is that coverage. But I'm not going to tell you what we're going to cover. I'm not going to tell you how we're going to cover it. And I'm not going to give you any of those details because that needs to be a surprise a little bit. But we are going to have coverage that is in the plan. It's just we're tweaking how that's going to work and what that's going to look like. The one thing I will say is it's not going to be what you're used to. Good. Yeah, I'm kind of excited about that. Let's go. I went to a dream hack in, it was Las Vegas, and it was several years ago. And I was in Vegas for like a, a different trade show at the time. I went to the DreamHack thing because it was right there. It was like at MGM Grand in this arena. And every time the bomb went off, it was a Counter-Strike tournament. There were fire shot into the sky and there was a stage and there was a sweet like pregame talk. And the whole time, what went through my head again and again is why aren't people trying to do this with magic? And I'm not expecting it to be the same, but I'm just pumped to see that you guys are taking a shot at it. So we're... Definitely going to be pushing the boundaries in every sense of the word, in every different category when it has to do with magic. We look at the ecosystem and we go, how can we help the non-competitive? How can we help the competitive? How can we help the cosplayers? How can we help the influencers? How can we help the coverage people? A lot of what we're going to be solving are all of those question marks. And it's going to take time. I'm not going to say we're going to do it immediately, but there is a lot of things that we're working on that is going to help facilitate a new wave. And that's what I think is I'm most excited about because when I say we're a festival, I mean, we're a festival. And that means everything that we do normally is coming to the magic world and we're going to shake things up and people aren't going to be ready for it. And there's going to be a little bit of hurt at first, but I think once they understand what we're doing, they're going to be like, Oh, this is dope. Let's go. This is what I'm excited about, right? Is that I feel like magic for all of the things that they have done well in the community, I feel like a lot of it's kind of stuck like two decades ago. And, you know, we see this with esports. We see this with like a lot of different kind of initiatives that Wizards has taken is that like a lot of them, are they either quite, they haven't hit, they've fallen a little bit flat, or maybe they're not ultimately as forward thinking as people are hoping they would be. Something that I'm really stoked about is that I feel like DreamHack is very contemporary. You guys are very now, and you're also very much thinking about like what's around the corner. My hope is that it will actually usher magic into the modern era in a way that it actually hasn't been yet. To that point, there's a reason why Wizards picked us. I just want to point that out. So mm -hmm. they are a lot more forward-thinking than a lot of people realize. That team over there, the plays team, the policy team, like all of those guys, all the people over there are phenomenal and they do have their pulse on the community and they are listening. So I, I do actively want to say that because I've been working with them heavily for the past eight months to bring this deal to fruition and bring this to the public. And again, there's a reason why they picked us. That's awesome. I wanted to ask about something that I was really thinking about for a while here. I think we're all excited to get back to paper and there's Basically, a ton of talk about paper in all these announcements, almost nothing about Arena. And I know that there's an organized play announcement for Arena coming near the end of the month, so maybe you can't talk about this stuff yet. But I'm still holding out hope that there can be, like, 
the paper tournaments, but that we can still have like the arena land tournament. I thought the concept behind like the mythic, what did they call it? The mythic championships. Mythic championships. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought the concept was good. You know, you get the best players and you sit them on the stage at the computers. It reminded me, obviously it looked very inspired by Hearthstone and what they do, but I still thought that that could have a place and I would be excited to play like an arena LAN event. So is there anything in the works on that? I'm sure it's being been considered. I'm, I'm just curious if. So I can't really talk about that. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, okay. but okay. I okay. will say that we are evaluating different options. That's what I can say. It's being considered. Like I told you guys, there's some <laughs> things I can talk about, and there's other things that just, I just can't. It's cool. It was just something that's been on my mind, because I still think that that tournament, the way it was organized, had promise. It was When I go back and I watch the arena tournaments that took place over the last two years, I can't get excited about the online tournaments. But I can go back and I can watch the Mythic Championship Series from 2019 when people were playing in person but on Arena, and I found that very compelling when I watched that. Something about just the in-person, the best people in the room battling each other in the room makes a big difference to me as a viewer. One thing I will say, this is something that I can talk about, is that uh, one of our goals is to get as many players onto Arena as possible. We absolutely want that cross-pollination as much as possible, both physical and digital, that's not going to change, right? I want to push people to arena and I want people from arena to come in and physically experience paper and back and forth. That is a goal of ours. And that's something that we're going to continually push towards. You know, we were just discussing on the show a little while ago. We felt like that was kind of a missed opportunity. We felt like not enough had been done to encourage that cross-pollination, as you called it. So yeah, really excited to see what you guys have for that. So I'm curious, you know, getting a little bit more into the details. So you said that you guys are really you're handling organized play. It sounds like basically at all levels. Does that mean that like when people are playing in like WPN stores around the country, like playing that kind of initial qualifying events, are they actually going to be coordinating those through DreamHack? Yep. That's so sweet. The way it works right now is uh, an authorized WPN store will buy a kit from us. That kit's $50. Go encourage your stores, guys. We actually intentionally put that price point there for a reason. Uh, we want to make it a low barrier, but they're going to get a bundle of cards that they are going to be pre-registered cards. So anyone who pre-registers will automatically be qualified for a card. If you miss the pre-registration, guess what? You have to go find another WPN store to pre-register for. That's the only way to get the card. Uh, mm -hmm. Then you're going to have your top eight and then you're going to have your finalists. And then the finalist is going to get a ticket to DreamHack. That's how you're going to qualify into the regional championships. So any store around the nation is authorized, if they're a WPN, to purchase a kit. And we'll ship that out and start round one in July. And then from there, we'll start developing and, and pushing forward. But the whole goal of why we built that system is to get players back to the stores. We want players in the stores. We want players in front of each other. We want them playing with their friends. And we want them to have fun again. That was the whole intention of why we designed the program the way that we did. And you're going to see it ramp up. So round one is our starting point, And then we're going to start ramping you from there. In the area that I've lived for most of my life, when I was a kid trying to go to the Pro Tour, I had to drive like three hours to Detroit or four hours to Toledo to play an event. I found out this week that my little mid-sized middle of nowhere town might have three stores that can run one of these. I have never, this close to home, played an event that could have a pro tour path for me in like 20 some years of playing the game. It's insane. 
It's really exciting. It's like, okay, I'm I'm now stalking the owners of these stores being like, what's the date? I need to know the date. My <laughs> calendar's booking up and I got to know, man. We got to lock that down. So that's very exciting. And I got to know the formats <laughs> because that's yeah, exciting so the, too. The formats are actually on the website too. If you go to the website, it will actually tell you. There's four different formats I want to say right now. If you go look at our FAQ, the, the ones are sealed, standard, modern, and pioneer. It's store's choice, right? So, I mean, you have that's... to have a minimum of eight players, though. It has to be eight players. You can't get away from it from there. With the fact that we're giving close to 42 promos, I don't see why they wouldn't get more because that's literally just money in their pocket for doing whatever it is. That was our goal. We want to mm. give them the access to the player base so that it encourages them to come. And the only way to get that card is to pre-register or get in the top eight. There's no other way. That's so cool. Yeah, I need to figure out if I need a Pioneer deck or a Modern deck. I've never owned a paper deck for either of those formats. I've never had a good enough reason to where I live and with what I do playing online. So it's just really exciting. Oh, man, I want to see you start digging into that Pioneer CGB. I think you're going to be like a flame to gasoline when it comes to that format, dude. So I went to SCG Indie uh, last month, and I walked past the people playing the pioneer because it was a team tournament so there were the three seats i walked the pioneer aisle table after table had a teferi hero of dominaria plussing up my cold dead blue white heart was just springing to life and i believe i think i saw it i might have been dreaming at this point because i was walking on a cloud i might have been dreaming but i think i saw a yorian on the battlefield too or maybe it was in a companion zone i don't know what those look like in paper arjuna it's so exciting it's a whole new world, my digital brother. This is like Lawnmower Man in reverse. It's like the digital guy becomes the <laughs> the physical being. But that's I mean, exactly what we want. Exactly. Paper, I was paper for a long time, and then I was digital only since like 2013. Didn't even own any cards for a long period of time. It's been a long journey back. I was just saying, but that's the goal right there. Exactly what you just said. That was our goal and our intention here. We wanted to take online players and people who haven't played in a number of years and give them excitement and a reason to go back. The whole purpose of all of this is to give you exactly you a reason to go play paper magic physically at a location that's close to you one. And then two, go to a pro tour qualifier that then could lead you into a pro tour and have those steps that are easy, logical, and just, a no-brainer at that point, because even if you didn't win a qualifier, there's still an LCQ happening on Friday. So we're still going to have an LCQ. So even if you don't qualify there, you can still qualify. Even if you don't qualify, we're still doing two 10K opens. So you're not losing out by coming to a dream hack. You're actually getting more, I would argue, than there has been before because we're giving multiple options so that anyone can come play and experience this And the barrier of entry, which I'll talk about in a little bit, is something else that we're trying to just lower completely. From the DreamHack slash Magic website, what it says, something for everyone at DreamHack Showdowns, it says uh, the Magic Showdown, like we talked about, basically the height, the competitive battle. Fun and casual events every day. Magic Artist Alley, community-focused vendors, 20K open events. Command Zone... I hear that's popular these days. We've got cosplaying and art competitions, learn to play, and uh, there's another link for Commander at DreamHack as well. So it, I went to an event not long after pandemic restrictions started to lift. It was honestly like I stepped back in time, like 
15 years, it looked exactly the same, felt exactly the same. This seems like it has just a ton going on. There's so many different things from the commander player to the competitive player who isn't qualified to the people that want to qualify through the last chance qualifier, like you talked about. Yeah, and so one of the other things we identified is our Jumpstart. So Jumpstart's our learn-to-play program. So Jumpstart your Spark. And the goal with that is really to, again, reduce that barrier. Because one of the things we found with new Magic players or people who don't play Magic at all is it's absolutely daunting to come into this arena because the card knowledge that you need to have is, is scary. On top of that, if you don't have solid cards that you feel comfortable in and you don't have a group that you can play with, there's no reason for you to play with. So one of the things we did is with Jumpstart, you actually get Jumpstart packs. And those Jumpstart packs then lead you directly into a draft. So we want you to come in, play Jumpstart, get a feel for it, sit down with the judge and other players and have fun and, and really enjoy it. And then the first thing you do once you're done is you go play with that deck immediately. We're going to take you from the entry level to competitive with the cards you've already become familiar with and then take you a step further because now we're going to lead you through this process. And we also looked at, okay, how do we enable commander people to be more involved with this too? So the command zone's right next to the learn to play, because one of the things that we found out is commander players love to teach people. So we're like, okay, hey, you're right next to each other. Go teach them, right? Because we want that. It's a logical path and progression for everything that we're doing. And that's, again, why we're so excited about all this, because it's different than they've experienced. So while the ticket price is there, what we're offering is that experience to both new, existing, and long-term players that I don't think they've ever seen before. Let's say that someone, you know, they participate locally, they qualify for the regional championship. And then, as I understand, these regional championships are like global regions. Yeah, I'm imagining when you go to one of these events, it's going to be a pretty big deal, right? Can you illustrate what that experience is going to be like? My goal in the next two years is to have close to 10,000 Magic players on site. I want to be pushing the boundaries of what these championships are capable of. And I mean that every sense. I'm going to be helping to facilitate that in a lot of ways to where we want this, the Mecca of magic. When I say a festival, I mean every element that you can think of at a festival from a gaming perspective, that entire ecosystem from the card vendors to the artists, to the cosplayers, to, you know, the learn to play all of that stuff. That's why we designed it the way that we did, because it is intended to be the culmination event of magic. For us in the U.S., that is our plan. I want a mini festival inside of our bigger festival. And our bigger festivals are typically around 500, 600,000 square feet. So it's like a huge convention center of all of this gaming stuff going on, all these creators, all this stuff happening. And then you also have inside of that this little pocket, almost Disneyland-like magic festival that's happening there. And you're going to have creators. You're going to have streamers. You're going to have everything in between. In general, I'm going to be doing everything that I possibly can get my hands on. And this is where I'm like, hey, if we're not doing something right, give us feedback because I want to improve it and I want to make it better. So I'm going to constantly, as long as it's constructive, that's all I ask for, give me constructive feedback. If you didn't like something, please tell me, right? Because I'll look at it and see if we can tweak it to make it better for next time. If you didn't like where that vendor was placed, all right, cool. Maybe we can shift it like five feet and then it won't be in your way. Whatever. Again, to your point, the scale, it's hard to really explain unless you go. I don't know if you've ever been to a Gen Con. Gen Con is a huge tabletop convention. I want that 
but at a DreamHack scale in my vision, which mm-hmm. is that festival element of just like nutty shit going on. <laughs> when I say nutty shit, I really mean nutty shit because this is the stuff that I enjoy doing. I'm imagining like a Ren fair, you know, like you're playing commander and you look over and a horse walks by. <laughs> Maybe it's not quite that, but that's the kind of stuff that I want to see. Horsemanship right? is an ability. We, we do <laughs> not talk about horsemanship as a magic ability enough. I'll give you guys this little tidbit. One of the things I'm working on is uh, carnival prize wall game stuff. That's going to be like skill based things like cornhole. Let's go. Let's go. I'm not going to do the traditional just like sit down and play magic. No, 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 no. You're going to take a pack of cards. You're going to throw it in the hole. You throw it in the hole and you win it. Sick. You got any That's alpha boosters I could take a shot with? No, absolutely not. <laughs> it's that type of stuff where it's like I'm looking to engage as many different aspects of the magic community as I possibly can in a single setting. You guys walk away with nothing else. That's the one thing I want you to walk away with because my focus is always going to be and forever going to be on the community. I mean, maybe you were on the same wavelength. It's like, does feel like even when we see like magic worlds or a big event, we're always only seeing a subset, like a sliver of the whole magic community. It's amazing how many people play the game and play it, you know, in different ways, different places. And trying to actually bring them together, I I can tell you from at least a guy trying to do YouTube content, reaching as many as possible. It's very hard to bring everybody together, but you know they're there. And you know we all have a very cool thing that we love in common. You you said you wanted to get to 10,000 Magic players for... Scaling purposes, you know, for people at home who think that that sounds like a lot or maybe not a lot, depending on their perspective, the record for GP attendance, according to Google, was in 2015 in Las Vegas, 7,500. So that is blowing away the record is the goal. Yep. So when I say magic players, I mean magic players and the ecosystem again, right? So I'm not saying that they all need to be in the competitive format. They just need to be players, And the way that I'm going to identify those people is, did they come? Did they have fun? Did they play magic? That's it. That's my metrics right there. So if they even came and just played Jumpstart, oh, that's a magic player. They are now a magic player. Can you give us just any kind of a window into some other stuff that you have in mind? Like, so we've got like some carnival games, kind of festival games lined up. Love that idea. What are some other kind of novel, not playing magic activities that you might engage in at one of these things? Have you ever wanted to learn how to draw a magic card? Sick. (laughs) I know I would not be good at it, but I I know Arjuna would. (laughs) So it's uh, one of the other things we're going to heavily invest in is artists. I want as many artists as I possibly can at the show. I want them doing demonstrations. I want them working with the community. We're going to have live streams of the artists as well. There's going to be stuff that we're going to do there. Do you want to learn how to do a cosplay? Again, that ecosystem is what I'm talking about. And when I say content creator, I don't mean streamer. When I say content creator, I mean YouTuber. I mean TikToker. I mean Instagrammer. I mean cosplayer. Podcaster. I mean podcasters. I mean everything in between. When I say content creator, I literally mean someone who is producing and creating content of some kind that doesn't need to actually be video. That could be anything. If it's a cosplayer who's building stuff and sending it out on Instagram... That's a content creator. So when I go and hit content creators, I am hitting everyone because I want all of the content creators to be part of the experience of magic that we're building. 
Excellent. It sounds like a good time for me to just let people know. I I don't know much about what I'm doing there yet, but I'm going to DreamHack Dallas. So I'm in for June 3rd through 5th in Dallas, Texas. So you might see this guy. The one in best of one goes to Dallas. You might be able to do your podcast live from Dallas, too. Hmm. Possibility. I did see there was like a streaming thing. I don't know what that means, but I'll I'll sign up. I'll stream. I've done that. Let's go. That's my content creator hub. As of next Monday, I can't say a a ton, but we're going to be releasing all the information next Monday about the creator hub and what it is. Again, it's one of those meccas of content creation. I have a lot of stuff going on there. We can talk about this a, a little bit later, but one of the things we're looking at is how do we engage all the different types of content that could be possibly made at a festival in a gaming perspective, streaming perspective, podcast perspective, or just creation perspective. And so those are some of the things we've looked at. So I will tell you this, I have a tabletop stage. So that's going to most likely be utilized at some point just for something in general. Come back to Texas. Arjuna, fight me. (laughs) Fight me on the stage. (laughs) Oh, dude. I'll get my Simic gloves on. Oh, let's we'll go. Green, oh, blue, green versus I mean, blue, white. Just thinking of that, there are a lot of content creators I would both want to fight or like to see fight on, on a paper magic stage, actually, to be honest. Oh, I can think of some names right now. Yeah. I mean, this is where you call them out. Uh, we're going to shift the narrative. We're going to shift the conversation in a lot of ways for a lot of different individuals because one of the things we identified is that coverage as a word is too narrow of a a word. We want to expand that and be wider. We want to look at all of those different audiences. So if you guys do want to have a battle on stage, guess what? We can do that and we can make that happen. If you guys want to actually do different live content, we're going to make that stuff happen and help facilitate a lot of those things because it's going to help the overall goal of what I'm trying to build anyways. That's really exciting for me. I always thought that the content creator side, when content creator goes to Magic Place, they're either doing a backpack camera or like they write you a thing at the end of the day telling you what they did because there isn't a lot you can do. But it sounds like there's a lot of things to do. I'll show you a picture after we're done. Okay, okay, okay. Can we end the podcast? I want to look at the picture. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, thanks, everyone. It's been a good time. I'm curious, let's talk a little bit about tournament structure. Is this something that has been finalized yet? Or is this still being worked on by like Huey Jensen and you guys and kind of coordinating? Yeah, we're still in progress of working on it. Um, That information is going to be coming out soon. There's a lot of moving parts there. We want to make sure that we are doing the best by the community. So these are all conversations that are ongoing. Once we have more information, it will be on the website because everything that, that we have is going to be on the website. And that's just dreamhack.com forward slash magic. So that's where all of our stuff's going to be for the United States. Do we have a release date or a no later than date on that stuff? I am hoping to have an answer for everyone by July or August. But don't quote me on that because that's not firm. We're just, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. I'm trying to get that information as quickly as I can. Cool. I've heard that we're not going to have any Pro Tours, Pro Tour branding Pro Tours in this new system happening in 2022. But do we have a start date for like the regional championship qualifiers? Do we know when those are going to start to get rolled out? So July is when round one starts. And then once round one is done, that's going to go till I believe September 25th. And then after that, that's when everyone will qualify to go into the regionals at Atlanta. 
Okay. New Atlanta is going to be our first actual regional championship. And, and for the people, when's Atlanta happening? November 18th through the 20th. Okay, sweet. So that'll be the first big major one to hit. So put that on your calendars, members of the Craft Nation. It's going to be lit. It says 150K oh. in prizes on the front. Yeah, that's including the two 20K opens. So it's 130K for the main championship tournament and then two 10Ks for the two open tournaments that we have. Website says 216 days, 9 hours, 9 minutes, and 28 seconds. <laughs> Not that you're looking or anything. Not that I'm looking, okay? <laughs> um, um, I'm a little excited. One other thing to point out is that the first and second place people from the regional championships are going straight to Worlds. And top 48 are okay. going to the Pro Tour. That's for just this first year, and that's going to be the top 32 moving forward after that. And also the new thing is that the World Championships, going straight to the World Championships. I don't know if that's ever been done, but they said that that was new for us too. To okay. my knowledge, not from what is kind of like a Nationals, because it's representing yeah. America, right? This is the America Regional Tournament. Not from a Nationals do the top two usually go straight to Worlds. I don't remember that ever happening. I asked that question too, and they're like, ah, we don't think so. And I was like, all right, cool. Well, this is cool. Yeah, that's very Dude, cool. Value added for sure. That's awesome. Hey, Arjuna, when was the last time somebody going to a tournament, literally in their hometown, like for me, the middle of nowhere, Traverse City, Michigan, you could win this and go to one more tournament, win that, and you're at the world championship? And go to worlds. To yeah. worlds. You know what I love about that? That introduces that upset arc because Worlds is usually like, you know, well, we've been seeing this person for years and, you know, we've been watching them compete all season. This is this kind of like hallowed feeling of the untouchable greats, right? And I, I love the idea that, yeah, you know, CGB, some no-name person from, <laughs> from upstate Michigan, you know, he could just spike a tournament and next thing you know, he's competing with the best. Oh, don't call it a comeback, Arjun. I've been here the whole time. <laughs> that storyline is so freaking cool, dude. That got us so hyped when we found that out. Just like first and second place are going to Worlds. I can't even imagine if some guy uh, just comes in and's never played pro before and goes straight to Worlds. What kind of storyline is that? What the crap? Yeah. We could have the moneymaker effect in Magic, finally. It's been a long time. And one of the things I wanted to point out, this is really good for your audience in general. If you want to grab this screenshot, I'll throw it in our chat. But this is the graphic representation. If you see that it says play local, win global, right? This is the best way to really visually see exactly how this system works to the point where it's like, this is the path right here, right? You go from here and, you know, YouTube editor, if you want to put this up from there to there. Like, it's super cool. And I don't know that there's ever been that clean of a path before. And that's one of the things that we've gotten a lot of feedback on is that you guys made this super clean. This is how this works. There's no middleman. There's you do this, you do this, and then you could do this, or but you're probably going to do this and then do that. There's not a yeah. lot of like extra steps here. There's literally one, two, three, four. Because I remember, you know, back in the day when we were talking about performance and pro magic and all that kind of stuff, there was points. You'd earn points. You could be like a platinum player or a gold player. And there seemed to be like a lot of jockeying and strategizing around that. It seems like that's been greatly simplified. We did not like that system. There was some awkward stuff about that. I remember when you would get invited to nationals, I think you had to be like top 20 in your state. DCI rating. So I would be on that freaking page every day. And if I was like rated like 17 or something, you're scared to play F and M. Mm. 
You don't want to go yeah. play FNM because if you play somebody new, take two mana screw, lose a game. It also added this weird awkwardness where you'd sit down with your opponent and they'd beat you. And then you'd be like, do you know what your rating's like? I'm just trying to process how bad I'm going to feel later when I get home and look at my rank. You know, it was really bad. I'm telling you. It also made like this almost like you're scared of new people. Actually didn't want to play them. It was really bizarre. That's part of why we want to simplify this because we want to, again, it gets that encouraging everyone to come play. Anyone can go qualify now. It doesn't matter who you are, where, like, you can go build a deck tomorrow and win a qualifier and then come to DreamHack and the showdown and play. It's that simple. That's, again, so exciting about this because it helps us develop a lot of things that have been needed and helps really look at the overall community and address some of the concerns that they've had. Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be like searching little one horse towns in Montana and stuff that have like WPN stores. You and everyone else. Just traveling around the country trying to spike a little tournament. Oh, it's going to be great. Oh, you're going to walk in and you're going to look across the table. You're going to see me and like three other pros and be like, (laughs) hey. (laughs) That is a good point to bring up. If you do win a qualifier, you can't play anymore. And we did that because we want to encourage Mm. new player base. We want to encourage yeah. more players to come and be able to get awarded that and actually participate. So that is one thing that we did see. And we're like, okay, well, we need to address this now because we don't want everyone to just like lose out because the entire pro scene just comes in and just destroys everyone. That yeah. defeats the purpose of what we're building here. The purpose is to get that new player base in so that they can be feel like they have a place in Magic and have a place in the community and have a place that they can actually feel like it's their home too. So to clarify that, if you win a qualifier for your regional championship, you cannot play in any more qualifiers for that regional championship. Round, correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Round one goes into Atlanta. Round two goes into, you know, our next festival. Secret and so place. on and so forth. I can't say which because we haven't announced it yet. But okay. it's really that logical progression because we want to get as many players as we can come into the festival and competing in that tournament. That's where that 10K uh, mark comes from. I want... All of the stores to be running these nonstop so that we have a ton of people just coming to play magic and just enjoying their time there and having fun and just being part of that whole community. You know, I relate somewhat to CGB where I've just never really had like a paper collection for 60 card formats because it's just, it's not really something that's appealed to me. And even when I have thought about it in the past, it seemed like a lot. It seemed like a headache. It seemed kind of daunting to imagine myself participating in competitive magic. And now I feel like, you know, I could like get some pioneer staples, start playing the format at FNM, get used to it. And then whenever there's like a regional in that format, I'll just play it. I'll just drive up to Portland and play out there or whatever. And it just like, it feels possible. To me, it feels like, yeah, that's something that I'll engage in, like even in a casual way. So I can be like a kind of a casual magic player who is just ready for like jumping into a tournament where it feels convenient for me. If I run hot, if I spike it, we're in the big leagues, baby, let's go. That speaks directly to me as a person who hasn't really felt motivated to get into seriously into 60 card formats before. One thing I I do want to say, and this is another thought process that we had, is what you just said is you're going to build a 60 card deck. What does that do for your local store that supports them? We thought about that. Because these formats are going to help the local stores because during COVID, the stores got hit hard. Like, let's be honest. So this was our gift 
to the WPN network to say, hey, shit was hard. We're there with you. Let's get back to it. I think that the action so far, at least if you, you know, look at like the financial websites on especially Pioneer cards that are legal for Pioneer do show they're definitely on the move again. So people are looking for those cards. There's a lot of players right now that are just like clamoring to build these decks quickly. So if you haven't already built one or you're thinking about building one, you should probably get on that. Yeah, yeah. now's the time. I've been gawking at some blue and white lists in Pioneer and Modern here and there, trying to figure out whether or not my taste for expensive foils is going to be able to translate. <laughs> <laughs> That's also another thing. Like sometimes I need to go to conventions just to find the really fancy foils that are very hard to locate. And we'll have those vendors for you too. So don't worry. That's something else we're going to be looking at and, and evaluating. And we'll make sure that we actually have a lot of those vendors there that are going to help satisfy some of those needs for the community. I said 60 card formats, but really I'm selling it short because you guys are supporting 40 card formats as well. And I'm a big limited mage and that's going to bring a lot of people back too. There's been a conspicuous absence of competitive limited play over the last couple of years. I mean, I'm sure there were just people like jumping up, doing a jig around their bedroom when they were hearing that announcement. Tell us a little bit more about that. I'm sure that's going to support the local stores as well. We want to make sure that we hit as many different genres as we can within reason. So this is something we talked about extensively and trying to really think about, okay, what's going to be the best formats? And we worked with Wizards directly on this too. And and we came back and and decided on all of this based off of that. So they have a lot of hands in how and what we do. We have conversations. We are one of the things that are helping to bring new information to them constantly and talking about, hey, here's the stuff that we're seeing. Here's what's going on. We have constant communication with them on the daily on about stuff that's going on, stuff that we're seeing. And so we're constantly communicating to an extent to help really identify and then solve problems. I think that limited, it's been pushed aside for so much. It was a part of Worlds right at the start of 2020, but for the most part, it hasn't been in so many tournaments for some time. But the formats have been good. Like People have been excited about the limited formats. I know Arjuna's enjoyed many of them, and you hear people rave about them a lot. I'm definitely not a limited mage, but I know it's a very special skill, uh, limited particularly, and kind of a very acquired set of skills. So it's good that they can put that on display again. I mean, again, it's like in the past, I felt like the tournaments were a little bit more like you had to kind of take what you could get. If the thing that you wanted to play in was this particular format, you just had to suck it up. And I love that at least at the WPN level, you can really choose which formats that you qualify in and specialize in. That's pretty unprecedented too. Like in the history of competitive play, it always went in seasons. There'd be GPs and Pro Tour qualifiers for the stores would move in. This is standard season and this is modern season and legacy season back when that was a thing and sealed never was up to the stores before and this feels like the first time i've heard somebody at wizards huey jensen say you know we're trusting kind of the stores to do this and that to figure out what's best for their people it sounds like you had a hand in this as well like this was really something you wanted so we wanted to give power back to the stores we wanted the stores to be able to decide what made sense for their community and what made sense for their player base, because not every store is, is alike. Some players like a certain format, other players like another format. 
And we wanted to have that open dialogue and communication because then it's them driving back to the store and participating and talking with the store owners and the people there and like, hey, we really enjoy this format. For next season, can we do this format? We want that open dialogue because the stores, they're going to feed that back to us. It's going to be a two-way street where we're going to give them information. They're going to give us information. We're going to get more information from them on what's working, what's not, because we want to make sure that that, that flows back. Looking at that infrastructure was how we addressed some of those pain points and like, how can we help the stores? Again, it's, it's all about how can we help the stores? That was our focus with this. How can we help the stores and the player base? I just wanted to ask as well, like, are the formats going to be decided on pro tour by pro tour basis? How about for the regional championships? Like, are those going to basically shift just as it comes? I can't talk about that. Okay. Okay. I was cool. also wondering if it'd be like a data-driven thing, like this many people qualified playing this format, but I guess it's all in the mystery machine right now. Again, that's where the data comes in. Mm-hmm. I'm just okay. going to say that. Okay. That's, that's literally all I'm going to say. Data is very, very important to us. I'm happy to hear that. I really am, because I think there's been a perception for a long time, like Wizards knows best. And of course, I mean, a lot of times they do, right? They design the game, they follow all the stuff. But I think there's been a little bit this perception. And so I'm, I'm really glad that you have that data-driven approach. So you can say, look, the numbers say this, that's what we're going with. That's a lot easier of a line to convince people. So I'm stoked. This is what I'm hearing. I'm hearing modern, accessible, data-driven structures. Thumbs up to all of that. For the player base, I do want to say this. If you are a player and you are looking to play in the store, there's one thing I'm going to ask you to do. And this is going to help us out a ton. Go register on MTG Melee and register your deck on there. Because when you play in one of those format, it shows us what you're playing and we can get that data live from the Mm -hmm. stores and it's going to help us ultimately. Mm -hmm. The player deck is going to be really important moving forward. And MTG Melee is also going to be really important because they're our partner and they're going to be working with us. They also work with us on all the WPN stores. So get familiar with it. If you're not already, please go sign up. Wow. Mm -hmm. So MTG Melee, this is a site designed for organizing magic tournaments. I think... Because of when it kind of got started going through COVID, it's been an arena page. Like Arjuna, I don't know about you. I go on there and look at events that went on over the weekend and what decks are going to get played on arena. So it sounds like it's going to be an important site for paper magic. Cool. Good for Brad Nelson, one of the founders. I know he puts a lot of work into it. Yeah. So MTG Melee is one of our core partners in in this. And we we actually are working with them heavily to develop some of the stuff that we are. They'll also be utilized in a lot of our tournaments uh, across uh, the side events that we're going to be doing. Uh, we're going to be working with them on all that. So we're in active com- conversations with them all the time. Like literally I have five messages from them right now. <laughs> so they are going to be heavily invested in us. And we are going to look in that. We're also going to be utilizing the companion app more. And we're going to be utilizing EventLink. So EventLink is what this, the stores use. So that's actually how the stores are going to run all their qualifiers is us- utilizing EventLink. But we also want all that player data too, which is why Melee is in the mix. So I just had a nerd alert moment. It takes me back to like, a much younger, fresh-faced CGB, like every Monday going into the computer lab at school because we didn't have fast internet at home, like trying to find somewhere online deck lists posted from over the weekend that occurred somewhere in the country in qualifiers. Am I just going to be able to go on Melee and see these regional tournament results? That's the plan. Oh my gosh. Oh, yes. Dude, that's my whole Monday stream now. 
just, I'm just going to be reading yeah. deck lists. We want that data funneling in so that the players can see the deck lists that are being played so that we can get more competitive. I want a crazy meta to come out of this. Realistically, the one thing that we see with uh, with competitive is that you always have the same decks over and over and over again. That's the standard thing with minor tweaks. What I want to see happen is someone takes the standard deck and tweaks it just enough that it's not the same and comes and wins with it. And people don't expect it because now they all have that data at their fingertips. And now you get that into that theory crafting. And theory crafting is a fun fucking thing, just in general. So I personally love theory crafting. And it's like, all right, well, what if we did this and this combination and this and tweak this this way and took one man out so that this works perfectly? That type of stuff is exactly what I'm looking for from that competitive scene. And that's why we need that data. So it's only going to benefit the player base more if you put that data in for us, because then you're going to be able to have access to it, too. You know, that brings up a really interesting point, which is that as people come back to playing in paper, I'm really curious to see like how the paper matters will diverge from the digital matters. We've always seen this in the past with MTGO, where like there'd be particular meta games that were happening, like, let's say, in an MTGO event. And the pro tour, uh, like paper tournaments would never exactly mirror what those matters were. Now, of course, like with arena being totally ubiquitous and basically daily matter churn happening on arena, I'm going to be really, really interested to see again, like how does the paper tournament differ? How does the paper tournament in a format differ from like the arena tournament in that same format? And it will I promise you it will. That's really exciting for me. And I agree. It basically creates a whole other avenue for like meta upsets. That shit's amazing. A meta upset is it's always fun to see someone come out of left field with something no one was expecting and just like stomp everyone. It's really interesting how we came to know the cat oven deck, for example, was a deck which like would have been a lot faster to play in paper than it was on arena. And yeah. I think for some people, I've heard pro players say, I didn't want to mess with that deck. Because even though I knew it was tier one, I didn't want to be watching my clock the whole tournament. I didn't want for that to be a factor. And I didn't want to have to put in the work to be able to play it quickly in the digital format. That's something that I'm really stoked about is to see people choosing to play different decks in digital because maybe it's a lot faster in digital. Maybe my deck shuffles all the time, right? So it's going to be a lot faster in digital. Maybe my deck has all of these annoying cat oven interactions, so I'm going to play that in paper. That really gets me going. I'm looking forward to the transition from where people are testing stuff out on, uh, on Arena and then taking it to paper. Mm. That's also another avenue here too that I think is sometimes overlooked is that you can go test out all this stuff on Arena and then turn around and then go actually physically play it. Even though it may not work like perfectly in Arena, it works perfectly outside of it. So again, back to that theory crafting. Yeah, certain combos that on Arena have not been feasible. <laughs> How many Scurryoak uh, squirrels do they make right now? They can get to like 40 <laughs> before they time out? Oh, yeah, no. yeah, tainted no, no. packs, exactly. <laughs> tainted so, packs. Nah, man. That's not fun for anyone. <laughs> Technology gets in the way sometimes. Sometimes you just need to settle this like grown adults with cardboard paper cards. Just shove them at each other. Tap them in your general direction aggressively. It's very important. Just swing. Always be swinging. That's what I heard. Just swing. It sounds so much fun. It, it sounds so good to get out and play some paper again, man. I'm That's really it. looking forward to it, man. And this is part of why we're going out and, and talking with the community in general, because hear from firsthand from the person running it, this is what we're doing. And then to just kind of get the hype, because this is going to be nuts. On the note of hype, Tobin, we're going to get out of here in a moment. 
but I want to give you just a chance. Is there anything that you've just been like wanting to bring up this whole episode that we haven't covered yet? Anything that you just want the community to be super hype about or looking forward to? This is something we didn't talk about. So Dallas is uh, our starting point. And so if you want to experience what we're going to do, uh, we're going to have Baldur's Gate first off. For two, we're going to have a lot of content creators. I'm literally inviting everyone. And then for three, we have a 10K open. I thought uh, I was special. You are special. Like and one all of, of them, one of all of them are too, CGB. Yeah, <laughs> they, they are special. Come on. <laughs> Here's the thing, man. We want to welcome everyone in to what we're going to be doing and the plans that we have. While Dallas isn't going to be the showdown, it's going to be something that new for us. So this is where you can really give us some real world feedback and say, hey, we like this. We didn't like this. We'll change this now. Because once Atlanta hits and I set everything down, to change things is going to be hard just in general. So this is the opportunity for the community to come out and really just engage with us ahead of time. Talk with us on site. See what we're doing. Ask questions. Let's evolve that and continue growing it because this is my foundation. Dallas is my foundation. And from there, I'm going to build what we're talking about. Did I see that right? The Forgotten Realms Boulders Gate Commander set. Is that the pre-release? We are not a pre-release. Okay, not a pre-release. We do not have pre-release product. I will say that, but we have Baldur's Gate. Okay. Baldur's Gate will have something to do with something in Dallas. Gotcha. Lock it in. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, because we are not a WPN store. We're not going to compete with WPN stores on pre-release, and we are not a pre-release. Flat out, we're not. Uh, But we will have a lot of Baldur's Gate stuff and other commander things and side events. Like, I think we have, like... 20 events per day going on all three days and then the 10k so it's going to be a lot of stuff happening so if you you want to play magic you want to play hardcore magic if there are some time slots on that paper mtg stage and somebody wants to come at me if we got some content creators who want to come at me let's talk let's go listen we'll just do a meet and greet with you and just have you do spell slinging for like four hours yeah i'll spell sling with the uh, cool kids community out there and if they beat you i'll give them a pack about that you shouldn't make an offer like that you're just gonna disappoint them they can't touch me are you kidding there there you go okay so counter offer every time you win twice i'll give you a pack now we're talking an alpha pack no but yes there's gotta be some high roller packs i can get my hands on maybe a collector's maybe there's a collector's pack from boulder's gate we'll talk listen 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 we're not getting into that no no okay 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 you got it. The CGB's secret <laughs> ulterior modes are coming to the forefront. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I just want to rumble, man. I'm excited to, as you've said, sling some spells. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to actually getting to know a lot of the community. And guys, thank you so much for having me on. This is super cool to be here. And I, I, I love being able to talk to everyone. And I just can't wait. This is going to be a ride. Thank you so much. So before we get out of here, first of all, where can people go to find and follow DreamHack? And then let's do where people can go to find and follow you. So you can just uh, search for DreamHack. That's DreamHack, all one word, any any of our socials anywhere. You can also go to our website, like I said, DreamHack forward slash magic to see all of our information about magic. You can also go to DreamHack, and then that's where Dallas and Atlanta are. So tickets for Atlanta are going to be going on sale soon. Dallas tickets are on sale right now, so you can go get those. And when you buy a ticket, you get access to the Magic Arena and all the stuff that's going to be there. We're going to be announcing some more information on that here soon. You can find me 
Pretty much I'm the only active Torben online, Torben underscore on Twitter, and then I'm Torben uh, everywhere else. So I'm out there. Ask me questions. I may not always answer everything because I can't, but I'll try. So that's T-O-R-B-I-N underscore. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. I know that CGB and I are pretty much jumping up and down in excitement for this next year of competitive magic. We really appreciate, you know, you personally and also just DreamHack for really taking this up and trying to take it to the next level and make it epic. Thanks so much. This show, of course, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us in your podcatcher of choice. You can see the video version of this, which I always highly recommend. You get to see CGB's smiling mug and all of his theatrical poses that he does on his uh, YouTube channel. Just go over to YouTube, search for Cobalt Go Blue. There shall ye findeth it. You can also find CGB streaming regularly on Twitch, Cobalt Go Blue. Just look it up. I'm on there occasionally with the new Capanna release. I'm sure I'll be streaming more. Torben, do you have a stream? Are you ever messing around with the Twitch? Yeah, I can be same thing, Torben underscore. Uh, just for a uh, Torben, no underscore. So yeah, go look Torben up too. I'm sure your streams are epic in a number of ways. And thanks for sitting through this, Crafties. We will get back to the new Capenna meta game next week. So until then, be bold, be brave, perform in the arena, and we will catch you later. <laughs>